The 80s spawned a lot of things. Reaganomics, Terminator, Steve Perry. But it also gave rise to the satanic panic. And one of the most prominent kinds of Satanists that the decade produced was an evil race of tiny geckos with leaves for tails. These dastardly reptiles can hide in plain sight. And although they don't worship the beast, they do eat Beelzebugs on the regular. But that's just how the satanic leaf gecko operates here in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube. And thank you to Brian for the creation of this week's artwork. To check that out, you can visit us at uh, LD Taxonomy on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, or visit us at our home on the web at LDTaxonomy.com. <laughs> And today we're talking about a gecko that just does does what it wills. Does what feels right. It takes it the Burger King it, motto. No, it does what it wills. <laughs> but more on that later. Do, do what thou is? do what thou yeah. wilt. We'll find yes. out with that. More on that now. But um, what are we talking about? The satanic leaf-tailed gecko. Yes. And do what thou wilt is the slogan for modern Satanism. And modern Satanism is like spicy atheism. It's uh, it's individualistic secular humanism. Essentially, yeah. It's the Burger King motto, right? Isn't it? No, that's, <laughs> that's, that's have it your way. What's do... Have it your way is essentially do what thou wilt. <laughs> I guess. Burger King <laughs> is Satanist. Uh, or, or Nike, just do it. But yeah, satanic leaf-tailed gecko. That's a that's a mouthful. So it's also called the eyelash leaf-tailed gecko or the fantastic leaf-tailed gecko. Um, but we're gonna call it here, cultic camouflage, and Alester Crowleaf. Uh, <laughs> never thought we'd have a like di- dive into the history of Satanism, <laughs> <laughs> the recent history of Satanism. <laughs> I learned all that stuff in our in a cults class. I didn't know you took a cults class. In high school, we had a cults class. Well, I took a world religions class. Didn't get to cults though. So you had the uh, you talked about um, the uh, the Waco, Texas people, and uh, Branch Davidians. Yeah, yeah. And the, the Heaven's uh, Gate cult. The Don't Drink the Kool Aid. Ch- uh, Jim, Jim, jo- Jim Jones. Jim Jones. Jonestown. Yep. It's crazy, crazy stuff. Indeed it is. And you know what else is crazy? Taxonomy. Taxonomy. <laughs> it is. Would you like to know what science has to call it? Yes. The kingdom is the one you're in. And you know it. And you love it. The kingdom animalia. Unless you really, really wish you were a plant or a fungus or something. Or a bacteria? Mm-hmm. That, that's tech. No, no, yeah. That, that's in a different kingdom. It's in, a, it's in a different kingdom for sure. It's also in a different... Uh, domain. Domain, yeah. Uh, the phylum is Chordata. The class is Reptilia. Mm-hmm. The Hun. The <laughs> order is Squamata. 
What's Squamata with you? We're just repeating jokes at this point. Basically. And the family is Gekonidae. Sure. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty uh, cool. Guess what that is? It's geckos. And then the genus is, would you say Europlatus or yeah. Uroplatus? Uh, actually, because it's Latin, I would say Uroplatus. Like Uroboros. Uroboros. You don't say Uroboros. Uroboros. I'm a Boros. <laughs> Europe burrows. That's donkeys from Europe. Um, <laughs> and then the species is Fantasticus. It's just so good. It's so good. V- very good. <laughs> very good gecko. <laughs> but since we're in the business of... So it's, you know, it's Euro, Europlatus Fantasticus. But since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show. Cue the music. Actually, no, it's not that. Uh, it's nitty-gritty nomenclature. Okay, good. I was just about to look up why when you said, no, wait. I was just looking up, like, why is it called Fantasticus? But I... Don't do it. As soon as you said that, I exited out of the tab for Google. I'm glad you don't know, because this will be interesting. All right. Nitty-gritty nomenclature means what is... What is it... Uh, the binomial nomenclature mean? Europlatus Fantasticus. Uh, clearly Latin. So, Joe, does Europlatus Fantasticus mean A, devil's leaf, B, imaginary flat tail, C, disguised specter, D, rounded leaf ghost, or E, very, very good gecko boy? Tell me B and C again. Imaginary flat tail and disguised specter. Imaginary flat tail. Final answer. Is that your final answer? Ding, ding, ding. That's correct. Did I make it too obvious? Fantasticus and imaginary seem close together. And then platypus also has a flat tail. So that's my logic. That's just pretty good. Uh, I was hoping to get you with rounded leaf ghost because... Fantasticus is not spelled with an F, like fantastic. It's spelled with a PH, like phantasm. Oh, yeah. So I thought I would get you with Spectre and Ghost. Gotcha. But well, your your powers of deduction uh, actually worked in your... Or not deduction, but your your knowledge of uh, of rudimentary Latin has served you well. Like a fantastic tale is sometimes... Like that sounds like a tall tale, like a... Like an imaginary tale, you know. Yeah, it's it's interesting when um, you read older books and they use the word fantastic to mean not true, like fantasy related, rather than really really good. But for us, yeah. for for in modern speech, it's hyperbole. It's like it's too good to be true, kind of thing. It's so good, very. Tr- oh, that is it, isn't it? That's so good. It's fantastic. It can't be. Yeah. It's top sh- top shelf language. Huh. We have no place to go. <laughs> okay. Would you like to know what it looks like? Yeah, that's pretty important to this this sa- this Satanist. <laughs> so the the Satanic leaf gecko has a flat tail, large head, and spiky eyebrows. In fact, it looks like it's like little eyebrow spikes that makes it look like it has angry little eyebrows. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. They also have a spinal ridge that runs from the back of their necks. It's pretty interesting. So it like it go to like it, its eyebrow ridge to the 
two lines, two like raised lines meet at the back of their neck and then go down to the base of their tail and then split again to form the edges of the leaf. So it's a very, in terms of design, it's very well done. The Lord has outdone himself. Ironically, with something that we've called satanic. <laughs> the satanically. <laughs> hey, he created the, the the Satan. Very true. Probably had lots of cool lines on him as well. He was he was very aquiline. Yeah, and probably had little ridges over his eyes just to just to really really seal that that horned look. <laughs> he, he, I don't. Yeah, he probably looked like the the nineteen forties cartoon version. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they they also have. Uh, they come in earth tones, particularly reddish brown and pale yellow. And it, it looks very striking when it comes in those two hues. And s- some of them are two-toned and they have this like pattern disruption modeling. While others are monochromatic with a single light brown color with some changes, but mostly monochrome. Like a modern Pinterest bedroom. Sure. Uh, their large heads are beset with big red-orange eyes. Sometimes, but sometimes they're clouded. Yeah, it's, it is really... Like in the monochromatic ones, they, they're they like clouded over. They almost look dead. Their eyes are like pale. Either way, it's it's Satanism. Either red eyes or, or clouded over. It's just evil. I didn't... I did some... I just briefly skimmed over why it was called this. Do you have anything on that? No. So basically, it looked... It had big red eyes, and it looks, looks, you know, creepy. So it was called Satan. I, I figured that, but I'm just surprised it's not called, like, like the de- devil's leaf-tailed gecko or the leaf-tailed devil or something like that. Like, it's just satanic. It's just such a descriptive yeah. thing it's not like a it's not like an imp it's it's like a devil worshiper <laughs> yeah goodness gracious do they do they name this in the 80s <laughs> when they first discovered it it was playing D. it was playing D D to uh to the beatles uh vinyl going backwards it was named by biologist george bullinger in the 80s but the 1880s Oh, <laughs> hey, the '80s are the '80s, no matter what. Really, it's this—it's just cycles of humanity. Chose the name because of the bizarre appearance of the gecko. Wow, you just come across this and like, wow, that looks crazy. It must worship the devil. I'm it, because it was named in the 19th century. I'm even more surprised he didn't call it like a devil. Yeah, but hey, he's Belgian. Maybe he f- named it in F- Flemish. Maybe that's the, maybe it was, it's translated to satanic, but that of course brings us to what, how big is it? Welcome to the blood measure up segment. The official listeners favorite part of the show. Uh, the part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions and relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you. When you send an audio yourself saying, saying you're chittering the words measure up into LD taxonomy at gmail.com. We unfortunately do not have a, a new one this week, a new Measure Up intro. Bummer. But thank you to everyone who has been sending them in. It's been really cool hearing the voices of people who like the show. And it sure would be neat if we got some more. 
but that means uh, we get to hear from an animal and Carlos has to guess what it is. That means I get to shoehorn another quiz show that is imposed on Carlos and we get to hear, the quiz show. And we get to hear from an animal that uh, does not care about this show at all. <laughs> well, we don't know that. We do. So without, hold on, let me pull this up. With some ado. With a little bit of ado. <laughs> without further ado. With a, with a Mountain Dew. With a Mountain Dew. Oh, the listener's <laughs> favorite part of the show. You heard that? I did. All, all of those were the same animal. Okay, that's good to know. So is it A, a rhinoceros? B, a gargoyle gecko? C, a cheetah? Or D, a rock dove? Hmm. I'm going to rule out the rhinoceros thing. Cheetah got me thinking, because they do chirp, but I don't think it's that high. I think it's a... Is it a I think I remember it being a more unique sound. Um, so I don't think it's cheetah. So rock dove and gargoyle gecko. That I don't think a gecko um, or any lizard makes that kind of sound. So I'm going to go with the rock dove. Final answer. It's either a rock Final dove or a answer. cheetah, but I'm going with rock dove. The correct answer was cheetah. Nah. Here's the, the, and the, the immediate next sound that I was very careful to stop it before. <laughs> a very quintessential meow. I I I I have heard them uh chirp, but I it wasn't that high or it wasn't like, oh, that sounds exactly like a bird. It's like, oh, that's an interesting chirping sound from this uh, you know, 100-pound cat. Um but geckos do 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 make a sound that is described as chirping. It's probably not that high though. Or no, probably not that loud or strong. It is really loud at night. Uh, we the bed our bed is right by our front window, and there's like a little like a bush area there, and we hear geckos sometimes at night. Oh, really? You sure they're not frogs? They could be frogs, but the sound sounds more like a what I've heard geckos sound like. Well, that's not the sound I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Is that a somebody, gecko? Somebody, that's a camera shutter, it sounds like, but it was a gecko scream. Oh, my goodness. That sounds like um, the Mandrakes from Harry Potter. Remember the Tokay gecko? No. We talked about this before, and I think I played this audio. You would think that's like some sort of bird, and then you go outside and there's a lizard. It sounds like you're uh, squeezing a clown's nose. (laughs) Uh, Okay, let's talk about length. They are 90 millimeters or 3.5 inches. How many satanic leaf geckos go into into one astronomical unit? Oh, boy. Do you know what an astronomical unit is? That is the distance between the Earth and the Sun, which I think is like 95 nice. million miles. So, so here's, a, here's a hint. An astronomical unit is used often used to measure distance within the solar system. 
it's equal to the distance between the center of the earth and the center of the sun. Okay, I'm not changing my numbers here. I'm still going with 95 million miles. So that's 6 trillion inches. inches. <laughs> We're going to go with 1.7 trillion. 1.7 trillion, final answer? Yes. The correct answer was 1.6 trillion. <laughs> <laughs> that that was that's fine. I I happen to know that what an astronomical unit was pretty close offhand. An AU is uh, 149.6 million kilometers. So what is that in miles? Probably 95. Because I don't. I speak in freedom units. <laughs> 92 million yeah 92 million yeah freedom units um all right let's talk about weight that's a w we'll call that's that a, a w that's, that's a big w and but that one didn't require that wasn't like a good guess <laughs> it was just i knew the I, I i basically knew the answer and then i did math with my calculator i thought i thought there was a chance that you might know what that is i thought there was a chance that either you knew what an, you didn't know what an AU was, but you would know when I gave you the hint based on the the distance of the Earth, or you just straight up knew what an AU was. I'm not a total uh, space science nerd, but I do enjoy it, and so yeah, I do know what an AU is. Maybe next time I'll tell you, I'll ask you how far the the Oort cloud is from the sun. Yeah, or, that would have that been better. Or the snow line. Yeah. Or the Kuiper Belt. Uh, okay, let's talk about weight. They're 10 to 30 grams. How many satanic leaf geckos go into the largest mammal on Madagascar? And do you know what it is? Is it the Fusa? <laughs> it is. It's the Fusa. <laughs> yeah. It's the Fusa Rada. The amount of, t- the amount of times that uh, Bibby and I have watched Madagascar is, is finally paying off. It's finally becoming <laughs> real, real world uh, practical knowledge. Man, the the things you watch a lot just blow my mind. Like the Lord <laughs> of the Rings, something that's won a ton of cat of Academy Awards, and Madagascar. <laughs> I, the yeah, it's it's like one of those. We we pick a movie. Well, Bibby picks a movie that, um, and then we just watch it until we know it so well that we can fall asleep with it on. That sounds like you you set out to ruin movies. <laughs> well, we're the kind of people that enjoy watching things over and over and over again. So far, none of the movies that we've watched like that have uh, lost their their flavor. That's yeah, Madagascar, Fantastic Beasts, and Where to Find Them, Spirited Away, Lord Fantastic of the Rings. Beasts. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Spirited Away! I can see it's nice to look at. Cloudy with the, a chance of meatballs. The story in Spirited Away and almost all Miyazaki movies are thin, like a ghost. They're light and whimsical and colorful, and the music's nice. Except for the la- his last movie, um, which we just watched, The Wind Rises. Oh. It's thick with story. I, there's a lot I want to watch, um, but the ones that we have watched have been light and whimsical, like Porco Rosso and My Neighbor Totoro and... Yeah, if you think the wind service. rises is going to be like that, it, you're going to be disappointed. It's like a biopic. Hmm. And he added, 
It's a biopic about the guy who invent who designed the 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 zero fighter plane that Japan used in World War Two. Huh. That doesn't seem Miyazaki ish at all. It he adds a plot line. It isn't Miyazaki ish, but he adds a plot line. He is also, this is this the he, Titan AE of his Don Bluth story? Uh, no, cartoon it's, story. It's considered story? like it's considered really. I'm pretty sure it's everyone. It's really good. It's just not very Miyazaki esque. Got it. Got it. Got it. And there, it's like the animation is incredible, but it's just not as fanciful. He he's got a lot of like things that he likes, like fancifulness, whimsy, and then also public transportation <laughs> so this one's about the public transportation <laughs> well if you've seen my neighbor totoro he likes when cats are the public transportation <laughs> that's a little both like the, <laughs> the the whimsy and public transportation cat cat bus is one of the main things in his universe <laughs> so here's a hint the island's largest mammal is yes the fossa the, the fusa uh, a, a lar- uh, carnivorous cat-like creature it's in the family you pluridae. I feel like we've been here before, but have we ever done a civet or mongoose like animal from Madagascar? I think we've, I think uh, maybe the binturong was in you pluridae. You like, almost exclusive. I'm pretty sure exclusively live on Madagascar. And I'm pretty sure the binturong doesn't. Doesn't he live in the Borne- Bornea or something? Oh, yeah, really, yeah, you're right. It is Madagascar ca- carnivores. I no, then I don't. I don't think we have done it, unless no. Like some sort of weasel. It's like a weasel. It's a big weasel. Well, yeah, it's like um, but it, I think it's bigger than a fossa. And it's a mongoose. Uh, mong. There's a mongoose and a uh, civets. I mean, it's a typical. It's typical for Madagascar to have things like the the islands, the untouched islands, have animals that defy taxonomy. Yeah. So you have an entire family of things that are equal parts mongoose and equal parts cat. <laughs> equal parts weasel. Equal parts King Julian. All right, thirty I'm... grams. What? Thirty grams is how much the uh, satanic leaf gecko weighs. Oh, okay, yes. How many of those go into a fusa? How many of those go into a freedom unit? Into w- one freedom unit. It's an ounce. It's an ounce. Thir- thirty grams is an ounce. That. Yes. Or like it's, it's... probably pretty close. It's a one point zero five. Okay, that works for me. That's a good thing to have in my head forever. Now, it's 30, <laughs> thirty grams is an ounce. All right, yeah. So it's basically an ounce. I imagine the fusa, which I'm calling, I'm pronouncing it that way because that's the way they pronounce it. The movie, even um, though it's F O S S. Yeah, it's, it's probably fossa, but the fusa. I'm gonna imagine that cat thing, cat weasel, is. 20, 25, 25 pounds. So I'm gonna say four hundred, because there are sixteen ounces in a pound. If it's twenty five pounds, that's four hundred ounces. Final answer. Yep. The correct answer is two hundred and eighty seven geckos. These are light cat ferrets. 
<laughs> they're little. I mean, everything on this island is little. I'm just like imagining it. I was imagining it to be about the like size tw- of my 21 pounds. Jack Russell Terrier Chihuahua dog. And he's like 17 pounds. So I was like, oh, maybe it's a little bit more. It is a little bit more. 21. I said 25. What did I get wrong? What? Wait, what did I? Did I do something wrong? Let me just make sure I used 21 pounds. How was I like, how was I almost double? But I, I guess oh, I did 25 ni- pounds. 19 pounds. 19 ounces in a pound? No, adult males. No, oh. 14 and 19 pounds. That's still 304. What did I do? No. 19 pounds divided by 30 grams is 287. I guess there's a slight difference between... It's not a, exactly a, uh, an ounce. No, it isn't. It's 1.05. Oh, okay. Standard deviation. Let's talk fast facts. Okay. They live in Madagascar and prefer highland rainforest biomes. Do you know how I know that? Because they only live in the eastern highland rainforest biome of Madagascar. The only place in the world, except for terrariums. They're okay with higher temperature, uh, lower temperatures than your average lizard and do well in their high elevation habitat. Like other geckos and devils, the satanic leaf gecko is nocturnal and hunts for insects at night. They mate seasonally and lay eggs in piles of dead leaves, which is appropriate. Despite their name, they're relatively mild-mannered. They sleep through the day. In captivity, they're kept in two male, one female groups, also known as the YA novel configuration. (laughs) <laughs> this is <laughs> yeah you can, i mean you really can't have uh teenagers take down an oppressive uh government unless there are two uh guys and one girl yeah unless they're also worrying about a love triangle well you've got like ang katara and Sokka. you've got ash misty and Brock, you've got Neo, Morpheus, and Trinity. You've got Harry, Ron, and Hermione. <laughs> but Neo, Morpheus, and Trinity also had a ton of other people along the way. I know, but like they're the main ones. They're the ones that go on all the adventures. And then you have Katniss, Gale, and Peeta. Yeah, they barely go on any adventures. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't think of any others. I'm sure Maze Runner has two guys and a girl. I'm sure Percy Jackson is two guys and a girl. Yep, I'm. Is, actually. I'm actually very, pretty certain that's yeah, that's the case. You have uh, Han, well, two, Han, Leia, and, guy. and Luke. True. Is there anything where it's two girls and a guy? I Carly. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that subverted subverted the trend. You did it. Mean Girls. Even uh, Vampire Diaries is two guys and a girl. Um. Let's see. It, it, I guess yeah. Mean Girls is just all. It, no, there. Yeah, there's two girls and a guy. Imagine if it was just three dudes. What a trash movie. <laughs> yeah, it would be The Hangover. <laughs> you know, you need at least four to five dudes for it to be funny again. For it to be good again. No, it's The Hangover. Hangovers for. It's three oh, dudes yeah. and one of them goes missing. Yeah. True. True. Three best friends that anyone could have. 
Uh, I guess that is. I don't recommend most. It has to be a comedy of people, guys. You can't have a young pineapple. Pineapple Express, I think, is three guys. Anyway, the you're you're right. The the YA trope is definitely um, two guys and a girl, but the love triangle isn't always there. True. You have the main character. You have the the doofy sidekick, and then you have the love interest. So even though their tales are super <laughs> short and it's an absolute bummer to lose them, they can shed their tails to escape predators like other lizards. Uh, like other geckos, they have sticky scales and curved claws on their fingers that help them uh, climb trees with excellent ease. <laughs> nice. For once, uh, we have a legitimate reason to be upset with the pet trade. Besides dominating animal SEO, <laughs> the exotic pet trade is a big fan of these guys, and they're sometimes captured illegally, which is contributing to their population downturn. They're still classified as least concern, but they're on the decreasing trend. Okay, that's all I got. You got anything good? <laughs> yeah, none of this you has have been a good. Fact you have none of this. None of this has been good so far. So here's it's all the- been. On this all unholy satanic uh, abomination. Now for the good part. And you can talk and I'll mute the driving rain sounds that are happening. Okay. Uh, I'm calling this major fact the devil's disguises. So as we mentioned earlier, a Lester looks a lot like a leaf. Very much so. Its tail even has chunks missing. To make it look like parts have rotted away or been eaten by bugs. Uh, Males have the notches more often than females, though. Um, But just like the spiny leaf insect, which we covered last season, uh, the satanic leaf-tailed gecko has both passive and active camouflage, meaning uh, it can turn invisible instantly. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But it has the passive camouflage, meaning it's just the way that it's designed makes it camouflage but also it does its behavior it uh uh contributes to its camouflage so the reality is it looks like a leaf but it also goes the extra mile to play the part of a leaf um and so it can choose between two major roles to play and that has a lot to do with uh its coloration so it can be a leaf on the wind or the bark with no bite and as a leaf, it can attach its feet to a branch and hang off it like a dead or dying leaf. Uh, it can even go, it'll even go so far as to sway when the breeze comes around. Um, diurnal predators, meaning predators that hunt during the day, usually rely heavily on their sight more than other senses. This is like birds mostly. Um, so being still when everything else is moving draws almost as much attention as moving when everything else is still uh so it's important to go with the flow do what everybody else is doing only well specifically if you're trying to look like a leaf um and but so that's it's that's its leaf strategy is just kind of hanging uh on there and I, I think we mentioned this when we covered the morning gecko um we talked about the 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 padded uh feet that geckos have 
um, and the the thousands and thousands of tiny hooks that they have in their the pads of their feet that allow them to cling to basically anything, including glass, which is remarkable. Um, so it can just with one foot attached to this branch dangle and be as leafy as possible. Um, hopefully it doesn't get eaten by something that likes to eat leaves. Uh, but it can also pretend to be bark. And this is more, uh, common with the ones that are, have, uh, mo that are not monochromatic. Uh, they have that mottled, uh, s speckled coloration. And, um, so what it does is it, it will flatten out its body and, uh, give the branch a big bear hug and, uh, it'll even be able to round its body around the branch, depending on how how thick the branch or, or trunk is. Um, so it can just it can just bend to those the sensual curves of the branch. Um, the gecko's coloration uh, allows it to blend into the bark, like I said, but that does not always work for sharp-eyed predators, uh, as as much as a uh, that that coloration may help if it's not exactly the same flavor of color as the bark it's just looking at it it's going to be pretty obvious that something is there um but by flattening out its body uh it also extends these small frills and flaps along the edges of its stomach its legs and uh its tail and that obscures its outline um, and you mentioned this earlier in uh, pattern disruption. So pattern disruption happens with the the uh, the coloration, and it can and the best example of that is zebras. Um, so when you're looking at a herd of zebras, and particularly if you are a lion looking at a herd of zebras, uh, it's very difficult to tell where one zebra ends and the other begins. The outline is is difficult to to make out because of the black and white um and in this case uh the 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 frills and the flaps that are sticking out make it so that there isn't a isn't one well-defined outline and because it's mashing its body against the branch uh there's also it it's not casting uh very much of a shadow if if one at all uh that would also give it away um, so it has these two options available to it. It's obviously a lot harder and they, and they don't really see this behavior in the monochromatic ones. Um, they will more likely, uh, default to the leaf position. Um, but it is, it is an option for many members of the species. And, uh, like you said, they can also shed their tails. So they have a lot of defense mechanisms that allow them to survive being attacked. And that's, that's, uh, I know it's a short one, but that's the major fact for this one. They found that, like, birds are really not, they're really, they don't really get preyed on by birds. So and they're, they're wondering, like, what is it hiding from? Why did it develop this so well? It probably, it probably, it's probably it's from fossils. Well, it's, I don't know. I'm talking out of thin air here, but, uh, if, doesn't get preyed on by birds 
because birds primarily use their eyes to hunt and it has this is a gecko that has effectively solved the bird problem <laughs> maybe yeah uh also just like if you like when you look closely at it like the brown ones will have like little flecks of green like a leaf the 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 attention to detail seems so intentional yeah I look at i this is like many of the animals that we cover it's just really tough to get the point across with an audio only medium but when when you get home look up a picture of this one and just don't stop uh don't stop typing after you've put the word satanic in just put in the whole leaf-tailed gecko <laughs> in and you won't get anything weird um and you'll see it's is really striking looking gecko uh, but when it's camouflaged it's it's very difficult to distinguish it from the bark um when it's doing the the bark transformation uh it's also a satanic leaf-tailed gecko with the dash between leaf and tailed so if the dash is between satanic and leaf the the tail would be a satanic leaf yes yes <laughs> it's very important people don't think that uh dashes are important but they are super important because <laughs> you don't want to be talking about satanic leaves when you could be talking about leaf tails <laughs> Actually, if there was no dash, there would be uh, there would be a lot of uh, ambiguity or s- syntactic ambiguity here. So, is it a satanic leaf? Is it leaf tailed? Is it a tailed gecko? <laughs> that that <laughs> is is that the, uh, the the point? Yeah, is it a tailed gecko that's very similar to a satanic leaf? Yeah. <laughs> or is it a, is it a, a tailed gecko that hangs out on satanic leaves? So it's like it's describing where it lives. Yeah, like a banana spider. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, it's satanic. It's just so funny. Um, <laughs> you got anything else? That's all I got. All right. Uh, in case you missed it, that was the satanic leaf-tailed gecko. So for you out there in Podcastia, keep a low profile. Become a master of disguise. And play your Led Zeppelin vinyl backward like the satanic leaf-tailed gecko here in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Hey Taxonomy Titans, thanks for listening to the episode. Just a few quick things. As always, reviews and social media engagement are greatly appreciated, but recommending the podcast to friends is the best way to help us grow. If you'd like some LDT-flavored merch, check out teespring.com stores taxonomy tees. That's it. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. <laughs> you ever think about like the rules for listing adjectives yes i do the, like there's a there's a list of rules like how you that are commonly broken well the people found that like the people that can do it correctly found like they found that they don't know why they just know instinctively 
Yeah, like it's not the brown big bear. It's a big brown bear. Yes. But one sounds wrong. And most people know that and they don't know why. Uh, It's opinion, size, age, shape, color, origin, material, purpose. 